Welcome to The Proletarian Contrarian, the podcast where we reevaluate bad films through a leftist perspective. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And boy, oh boy, does technology suck. I want to go live with the fucking Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, folks, uh, using a different recording studio might sound awesome and great. Uh, our audio will probably be uh, phenomenal. Yes. But damn, did take us a while to get this fucking thing up and running. Um, we are using professional audio for once and once only. <laughs> <laughs> Professionalism is a lie. Um, do it, DIY aesthetic is, is is better. It um it sounds it doesn't sound as good, but uh, it it gives it a more human touch, and it, it's a hell of a lot easier than doing this. Yeah, I agree. So we are currently in the <laughs> same room, folks. Finally, uh, we are in a recording studio. At an undisclosed location, fuck you, we're not doxing ourselves. <laughs> uh, Te- technically, we're not in the same room. We're in separate recording booths. We are so. in separate <laughs> recording booths. It's, it's fucking great, folks. Yeah. But more importantly, we're here to do a podcast on the first of the Ewok movies. Hell yes. Which was uh, made in 1990, uh, no, 1984. Yes. And it is after the original Star Wars trilogy was made. This film is called Ewok Adventures Caravan of Courage. Yeah, it was a TV movie, um, and it did come out the year after uh, Return of the Jedi, and and we were talking on the way over here. Um, So there's this movie, there was another Ewok movie made in 85, and then the Ewok cartoon ran after that. So, like, (laughs) the 80s were just one long, unbroken string of Ewok content. Yeah, honestly, from 1983 to 87, there was Ewok content. It makes sense if you think about it. I mean, Saturday morning <laughs> cartoons are up and running by this time. Yeah. Um, so we have the perfect the perfect spectacle for that, which is Ewoks, these little mini teddy bears uh, who, who fight and have adventures. So in the live-action film uh, we are discussing here... Uh, we follow Wicket, who is, you know, the most well-known Ewok. He mm-hmm. is uh, played by Warwick Davis in, I think, every iteration. I'm not sure if he voices the cartoon, but... I think he might. He but... probably does. I mean, I don't know what else he'd be doing, honestly. Like, this is a, this is just how he probably made his money for a very long time. Uh, until he did, um, you know, the, uh, the Ron Howard yeah. fantasy film. Um, what's that called? Willow. Willow, yes. Also a, a huge George Lucas-inspired uh, junket. Yeah. I think, I mean, is he a producer he, Yeah, he, he yeah. produced it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, and the, the, the two-headed dragon in that is called the, the Siskebert. Siskebert, yeah. Siskebert, because uh, Siskel and Ebert suck, and they deserve it. So, <laughs> so this film, uh, like the Star Wars films, has a blend of Ewoks and humans. Um, this film film focuses on the Tawani family. Yeah. Uh Sindral Sindel, Sindel. Mace and then their parents, parents. whose <laughs> name escapes me. They don't fucking matter. Um we we start uh this film is is fucking wild folks. Uh it has a voice out a voiceover narration. Mm-hmm. And that narration is done by Burl fucking Ives who honestly most most people listening to this podcast will know him as the narrator from the claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer TV movie. Yep, he plays Sam the Snowman, the yep. banjo-playing narrator mm-hmm. snowman yep. of the uh, of the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that Rankin and Bass cartoon. 
it's crazy. This film uh, has like a lot of like ethnographic documentary vibes. Oh, for sure, uh, <laughs> for sure. Like, like that's the opening scene. Like when when before we even meet the humans, well, or, or we meet them early on, but like when we're introduced to the Ewoks, um, they're just like running around. There's like an Ewok family having a picnic, doing shit, and then Burlives is like. The Ewoks are, are doing this, and, and the father builds a hang glider. The son wants to help, but he is too young. It's it's very it's very like John Attenborough kind of uh, <laughs> planet uh, planet Endor uh, documentary. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And the reason they do that because the Ewoks in this film speak Ewokese. They don't really speak English. Yeah. Um, later in the film, Wicket learns a few words from from Sindel, but. Um, the the main basis of communication is Ewokese, uh, the humans speak English, and then Burl Ives has to narrate uh, to make sense of certain scenes, basically. It's, um, it's crazy because like the, in the Star Wars Holiday Special, um, there, which is another uh, contemporaneous like TV, TV Star Wars uh, production, uh, there's an extensive uh, Wookiee component to that movie. And that is also um, untranslated, and it doesn't have a narrator or subtitles. So, like, George Lucas has, like, this fascination with, like, depicting, like, furry aliens in their native languages and just, like, letting you marinate in that. It's, it's very, like, I don't want to say avant-garde, but it's, like, it's very, like, that th- this is this exists somewhere out there in the world, and we're not going to translate it for you <laughs> type thing. No, I, I mean, I think it's ambitious. I think yeah. it's an ambitious uh, endeavor uh, and, you know... I think it works. Like I think this film is a fucking blast. Yeah, it's um, it's more way more fun than I was expecting. Yeah, it's better than like all the prequel movies. Um, it's uh, different, of course. Episode I mean, Episode One we holds up a little bit. Yeah, I mean it's it's that's somewhat comparing apples and oranges, at least yeah. for the the Phantom Menace. Uh, the other films are trash, sure. and this film is uh, light years ahead of it for sure. It's better than The Force Awakens. <laughs> it's, it's better than, that's true. It is better than The Force Awakens and it'll probably be better than The Final Skywalker. Yeah, The, the Rise of Skywalker, Return of Skywalker. Or whatever it's Fuck called. It. Fuck, Fuck it. it. I'll never get that right. I don't care. Yeah, Um. and, and just one other one other, one other kind of like the state of Star Wars commentary before we dive into the, the plot. Um, everyone complains that like oh, the Disney era, they're, they're buying up all the Star Wars. They brought up Star Wars and they're, they're doing all these like productions they're kind of like ruining star wars by overexposure and i don't disagree with that but i don't i also don't think that star wars has ever been anything else besides that because like even even the star wars holiday special came out before return of the jedi so like as as early as the original star wars movie um immediately after we were having uh tv productions we were having like alternate spinoff things we were having like different different types of uh, productions that came out that were like ancillary to the main films so I don't know Star, Star Wars has always been this beast it's just it, it finally has like the the media reach that it kind of always craved yeah I think that's accurate so uh, yeah Star Wars has always been trash uh, trash for children but interesting <laughs> trash that is salvageable and has these fascinating elements to it but yeah, the um, th- this movie before we even get to Wicket and his family, uh, it opens up on on the Tawani parents being stolen away by the Gorax, which is like some more Italian American representation <laughs> in Star Wars. It's this gigantic, uh, hairy, oily, um, here sweet kind of kind of uh, 
what's with swarthy uh, creature that's like yes it, it abducts the, it abducts the parents takes them away and so that kicks off the plot uh, the the two children are looking for their parents who were stolen away by the Gorax. Yeah, no, the Gorax um, basically looks like Furio from Sopranos. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> yes. Um, he has just like these flowing like black locks and uh, it's, yeah, it's absurd. Heavy brow. Yeah, yeah heavy brow. Um, and actually he, he's supposed to be like a giant and the, the way the actor in the like moves around and the way he's depicted, it, it kind of, he kind of sells like the, the gigantism. Yeah, no, I think he does sell it. Um, I think they do a great job. In, in general, just like yeah, the the forced perspective and it's just yeah, it's uh it's really well done. Very little CGI. I mean, there's green screen stuff, but it's still it's it's in service of practical effects. Mm-hmm. Speaking of practical effects, another another early instance of that that we see is when Wicket's father takes out uh, his hang glider for a spin, um, and of course when they do close up shots, like it, it's just a guy in a, in a Ewok suit. But they actually got a hang glider, got like a hang gliderist to um, fly around in somewhat something of an Ewok suit outfit. Because like for the faraway shots, it kind of looks like an Ewok. Um, so I don't know, like points for points for digging up a hang glider and just like <laughs> zooming around in, in George Lucas's backyard in California. Yeah, that should be highlighted. It is uh, filmed in Marin County, uh, California, and I imagine it's just on the Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. There's a few other um, places that they uh, give uh, a shout out to in the end credits, but it's like an archery range and like a <laughs> golf course or something. A nature preserve or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. A state park, I think. It's it's it is. He did not go far to film this this at all. And I mean, it looks really pretty. Like it, it's nice scenery. Um, it, it's like a it's like a good location. It's just it, it's funny that like, they, they I think that's where they also shot Endor and Return of the Jedi and like oh we're just we're we, we we created like this trilogy and we created all these sets and everything, but for like the final battle, we're just gonna do it in the, do it in the director's backyard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite incredible, folks. Um, so yeah, the Gorax is this this uh, Italian giant who who steals <laughs> the Tawani uh, mother and father away, and then we are introduced to uh, the the Ewok village, and they come upon the starship, the what they think is an abandoned starship. Uh, but oh no, there are two children. There's mm-hmm. Sindel, who is like basically Shirley Temple. Uh, I actually thought like when I was a kid, I'd seen this movie on VHS, and I just <laughs> thought she was Shirley Temple. I just had like no sense of time, yeah. and I was like, I guess Shirley Temple just always stayed a baby and just always did movies <laughs> like this. They froze her in carbonite. <laughs> Out. But uh, yeah, she she's a cute kid. She we looked this up. She she's only in the two Ewok movies and like nothing else. Like yeah. she's she's never done anything else in show business besides that. So like good for her. Like, good for her parents for getting her out of like Hollywood. Yeah. But for um. Sure. But yeah, she she's she does a serviceable job. Just like this cute little kid playing with teddy bears. But then we meet her brother Mace, Mace Tawani, the original Mace, <laughs> not Mace Windu. And actually, the the name Mace had been floating around. Um, the Star Wars like, like drafts ever since George Lucas called it like the Adventures of like of Luke Starkiller. Mace was a character in those early drafts, so he just loves that name. Um, and he fucking wasted it. And he wasted it on um, this dumbass fail son. Yeah, the <laughs> fucking the fail son of this movie. He he is this whiny kid. He he's wearing an orange jumpsuit, so they're trying to like visually identify him with Luke from Empire Strikes Back in in the orange jump like the orange X wing jumpsuit. Um, but he 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 has like 
awful 80s hair. He has a gun, but it never works, and he complains about it all the time. And he hates the Ewoks. He just, like, asks them for food. In all of his lines, he repeats them. He'll be like, like, like Sindel's sick, and the Ewoks are trying to find, like, natural Ewok medicine to heal her. And he's like, medicine, we need the medicine. We need the medicine. And then the Ewoks are like, he's like, medicine, we need the like, I I get the, I get that they're trying to make it like realistic and show that he's like, there's a sense of urgency, but I don't know. It, it just, it, it doesn't work with this kid at all. No, not at all. Yeah. No, the scene in which Sindel is sick, Mace is trying to get the Ewoks to understand him and the Ewoks then give her medicine is uh, it's almost possibly like a third of the fucking movie. It's agonizing. It's agonizing. It is It is the fever dream that Sindel is having, <laughs> yes. basically. So, like, actually, kudos to them. It, it, like, I felt like I was having a fever dream as well. So it is yeah. very immersive experience. <laughs> oh, my God. And so the kids are wearing, like, these gigantic bracelets. It's like they're called, like, life detectors. And, like, the parents are, too, so they can tell if the parents are still alive. So they're like, oh, the par- our parents are still alive. We have to find them. And um, they actually, they actually, Wicked, where, where they meet Wicked and where they start isn't the Ewok village. And it, this is like an element of class consciousness to this movie because like oh, right, Wicked right. and his family live on the ground in a hut, uh, which is really weird. And it's probably done for production reasons. Like it was probably just a lot cheaper to do that. But um, I I kind of got the sense that like Wicked and his family are poorer because they can't live in like the Ewok city up in the trees because they do go to the Ewok city before they start on their quest to meet with um, Logray the medicine man and um, but we we don't get like any we just get like a matte painting of the Ewok village so so the so really yeah they Wicked and his family live on the ground because it's cheaper to film on the ground but. In our in our fevered uh, head cannons here, <laughs> Wicket and his family are the proletariat because they're they're constantly shown doing work and they're constantly shown like having to work hard for for what they have. And so yeah, poor Ewoks live on the ground because it's more dangerous. Yeah, and it is um, both in this film and in the second film, it is much more dangerous for the Ewoks who live on the ground and they have to do, I would say, probably more of the functions that sustain the village, you know, like hunting, gathering uh, type stuff. They're they're shown doing that. Animal husbandry because, um, yeah, weirdly, oh my God, yeah, there are like earth animals in this. There there are (laughs) horses. Yeah, the Ewoks (laughs) ride like Shetland ponies and they, they have like a chicken and they have a cute ferret and they have like, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's just strange that there are human earth animals in Star Wars. Like, and they're not even like dressed up. They're not like, oh, blue horses. They're just like horses. Yep. No, they're just they're just Shetland ponies. <laughs> it's pretty great. That really adds to the ethnographic study uh, in the beginning. Like, it's just I, I don't know if it's Wicked or one of them is like on this like basically tire swing type thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's just like these four or five Shetland ponies around. Another one's like collecting berries in the background. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, idyllic. Uh, bucolic little scene it's it's great folks i mean this movie is basically a fantasy film it's like because there's like um magic and like they get magic when they assemble their their party of ewoks and the tawani kids they they and they visit logre the the shaman they get like magic artifacts and like (laughs) and 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 the there's magic things they run into later on so like very, very heavy. You were, you were saying it was like Amblin Entertainment kind of vibe. Like, yeah, um, for sure. Kids Adventure with like dangerous and magical things going around. And I was thinking of like the Rankin Bass, Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. 
very very heavy 80s fantasy yeah i was actually surprised that like steven spielberg had nothing to do with this movie mm-hmm. like even the beginning the first shot of this movie is a matte painting of the moon mm-hmm. with um some treetops silhouetted and then it, it it pans down to the actual forest and the parents looking for the kids with flashlights i mean it's like this e. yeah. quintessential et amblin entertainment you know uh, establishing shot um yeah i mean i you know obviously Spielberg and, and George Lucas have been friends for years by yeah. now, so uh, y- you can see the influence there. Um, but yeah, I, I was really expecting like the Amblin Entertainment logo to come up like right after the the Lucas Films logo. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, not to its detriment. Like th- I honestly think like this is a the perfect synthesis of like the kid and the adult elements of a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I really don't want to. I really don't want to like undersell that point like i i enjoyed this movie it was it was i had seen it when i was a kid but it, it's not bad and um especially if you have kids that enjoy star like young kids that enjoy star wars i, th- I think there's a point where where young kids like want to be older so they'll hate this reflexively but if you can get kids before that or if you're a stunted fail son like myself who <laughs> just wants to recapture whatever childhood magic he can however he can uh yeah i don't know it there, there's something it's it, it's a fun brisk 90 minutes yeah, and uh, to go back to the uh, the scene uh, where Lo- they meet Low Gray, um, this is like one of the best uh, scenes. Oh in my terms god! Of, like, yes, kid and adult, you know, uh, influences because it, it it is basically like the Fellowship of the Ring and the Hobbit combined. This yeah. movie, uh, yeah. just with Ewoks and you know. In a in a different location, more mm-hmm. or less. Um, so yeah, they they go to Logre and Logre like gives them all these artifacts, just as as um, Galadriel does. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Ewoks mostly get like these like feather like helmet thing, Head, headdress, kind headdress, of thing. Yeah, yeah, that like give them strength, although speed, courage. I don't remember exactly. Wicked gets a walking stick, which actually does come into play later, like a magic walking stick. Yeah, that's right. The Wicked gets a magic walking stick. They get two artifacts for like Ewoks they're going to find along their their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sindel gets this like candle that never burns out. And then <laughs> our Felson Mace gets a rock. <laughs> He's... Uh, and it's like the most Charlie Brown shit ever. He's like, I and I got a rock. <laughs> and he drops it. He tries to leave it behind. But Wise Wicked picks it up and puts it in his little pouch. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like... If that's stuff for kids, there's stuff for adults there. The adults will understand this is Lord of the Rings. The kids will be like, this is fucking funny and hilarious. Um, yeah, Mace, I don't, I don't want to be too hard on him because he, he's like a child actor. He He's he's older than the he's older than the actress that plays uh, Sindel, but um, not by much. So, like, I, I could not have done better as a kid actor, but, boy, they could have found a better one. <laughs> um, yeah, he's... He he just reads his lines poorly. I got kind of an Elliot Roger vibe from him because <laughs> he, he's just like this like doofy looking kid who has a gun. And he runs around. He's like complains that that life isn't fair and his gun isn't working. Um, he can like barely enunciate. Also, like it's really hard to oh, hear yeah. the majority of his dialogue. Yeah, and like a, a lot of his lines, he he speaks really quickly, and um, it, it's the Star Wars prequel. It's, problem like that why didn't you do another take yeah like i'm, I'm sure that th- there's no way these productions they just do the first take and then just and then just run with it so like there had to have been a conscious choice to pick this take 
at least like before they pick one or two other takes. So like, why the hell did they do that? Right. Yeah. It's it's strange. I mean, because um, in general, the production value for this film is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, the use of practical effects, the matte paintings, the, the forced perspective, um, the the claymation in certain scenes. Yeah, when they fight those um, that kind of like that pig wolf creature. Yeah, there's uh, there's this great scene. This, this is even before they go on their journey. At one point, um, Sindel and Mace uh, escape the Ewok village because Mace just like hates them. He's just like, you know, screw these little weird teddy bears. I want to get out of here. And racist Elliot Rodgers. <laughs> he really is. I, he um, he's 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 problematic for sure. But uh, you know, I guess we'll we'll give him a pass. He's a, he's a young. He's young. Yeah, we all we all had our pre woke period. <laughs> But um, he escapes and they they come across this weird, yeah, like boar, rat, wolf creature that we learn is actually like the Gorax pet. Mm. Um, And it's it's a combination of I believe at one point they have like an animatronic head. Uh, At one point they use claymation, which then they have to use, you know, green screens um, and overlay that. But then they also use like and they use it well. But yeah. um, it, it does look funny and it's pretty obvious, but it's a hand puppet. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they make a hand puppet of the head um, and, uh, yeah, they just film it really close to the camera. And, uh, I, it, you know, it looks it looks great, but it's, it, is, it is quite funny to see a hand puppet. <laughs> I mean, it looks dated for sure, but I, I don't think the datedness is a, is a knock against it. I, like it, yeah, it, it doesn't look real, but it, it doesn't feel as fake as Godzilla King of the Monsters, which we just saw as well. <laughs> like it, it, it feels more weighty because I don't know. There's obvious like care and craftsmanship put into this, and even if you don't care about the characters, which I kind of did at this point, um, th- there's just a level of like professionalism that that dreaded word professionalism, uh, but it's good here. Um, <laughs> that that kind of makes it um, gives it more presence, I guess. Yeah, definitely. No, um, shout out to. Godzilla King of the Monsters uh, for being fucking terrible. <laughs> Except it destroyed the city of Boston. <laughs> Only good thing. Spoilers. So yeah, they go, they go on their quest. Um, they set out, and like another great failsome moment with Mace is um, the, on one of the on one of the bigger horses. They have like this kind of like um, e- like Ewok version of like an RV. It's like a it's like a little hut, portable hut that's placed in the back of a big horse. And Sindel and in Wicket go inside. And um, what the lead Ewok, which is Wicket's father, tries to put him in, he tries to put him in. He's like, "No, I'm not going there. That's for babies." <laughs> he's like, "Where's my horse?" And he's he's enunciating horribly and just this horrible accent. And the the Ewok's just like shaking his head at him. He's like, "Where's my horse? I'd rather walk." And he just like... but then like he tries to steal a horse. He tries from, to steal like, a horse from another, from another Ewok. <laughs> and a and very shortly after they leave. They meet another Ewok who's like the badass Chad Ewok. He um he's a a lumberjack Ewok, and um he they want him to join them because he's like he's like almost as tall as Mace, and um Mace challenges him to like an axe throwing contest, and the Ewok lands his axe on the handle of Mace's axe, 
Amy's like, whoa, that's like the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, you know, that actually happens in the um, Clive Owen King Arthur movie. Do you remember that movie? Have you seen that? No, I have not. I, that's that's going to be a movie for this list. <laughs> it will show. be. Yeah, there's, um, I forget which Knights of the Round Table, but um, one of them shoots an arrow and then the other one shoots the arrow like into the arrow, like right down the shaft of the arrow. Well, that's like a classic Robin Hood thing. Yeah, it is. But uh, I'm just thinking of this movie for some reason. I thought you meant like they they did the axe they did the axe throwing version of it. No, no, they did okay. like the classic Robin Hood version. Um, then why wouldn't you say the classic? Robin I don't know because <laughs> I was just thinking of that that movie. Okay, that's... Um, because again, yeah, we should definitely do it. Pro con shitty movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like Robin Hood stuff is, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's true. Whatever. <laughs> Bye, folks. <laughs> There's a ton of shitty Robin Hood movies that we're going to do too. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, they get they get the badass chatty walk. I forget all the Ewok names. The only the only memorable one is Wicket. I guess Tej. His father's Tej. Oh yeah, his dad is Tej. Obviously, Low Gray. I Low do Gray. I do not remember the woodsman's name. He has like two names. He has like a hyphenated name. It's like Chick Chuck or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then they meet their they recruit their last um their last Ewok who's a, an Ewok priestess. Uh, she wears like a wizard hat and robes and like. For, for, she won't join them unless they can pass a magic test, and the magic test involves putting an amulet in Mace's hands, and then it turns into a lizard, and he gets freaked out and he drops it and <laughs> runs away. <laughs> yeah, and then Sindel like picks it up and it turns into a mouse. Yep, I, it it really is just the most like inscrutable like magic test. I don't. I mean, that's kind of it's cool, but it just like, yeah to the viewer it, it just made no sense. And and I get that like. They were kind of more limited production, and they were using the production budget on other things. But um, again, it's just that that idea of Earth animals in Star Wars kind of it it changes it from a Star Wars film to just a straight up fantasy film set on Earth for me, um, which is fine. But like even even in like uh, the original Star Wars for for the Banthas, the, those they used they used elephants, but they covered them in like a Bantha uh, shaggy fur outfit. So like I don't, I don't know, maybe they could have done something with the horses, like made them like shaggy furry horses that live on on Endor or something. Yeah. No, it was it was strange. I, again, it's got to be the limited um, you know, sure. the production budget, but uh yeah. So the woodsman and the um the priestess as they call her, um they join the the crew and yeah, it's it's again, it's just like classic folklore. It's 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 mm-hmm. classic fantasy storytelling, you know. You meet people along the way, you have certain items to give them. Yep. I mean, this is exactly like the monomyth that Joseph Campbell talks about in, you know, Hero of a Thousand Faces. Um so, you know, I appreciate that aspect of it as well. It is it is within the tradition, the meta tradition of Star Wars, basically. Just always having these these folklore and fantasy influences. Um, you know, this film is definitely not a hard sci-fi film. We'll tell you that, folks. And and that's to its to its um, benefit, honestly. Like, n- no. none of the Star Wars are hard sci- are hard sci-fi. Some some of the expanded universe stuff dips into hard sci-fi, but I, I always think it clashes horribly. Um, the this this series functions much better when it just runs on um, literal magic because because the Force is basically magic, as we've said in some of the prequel episodes that we've done, but. There's no force in these Ewok movies, but there is like shaman and like witches and stuff and, and, and spells and, ma- and magic artifacts. And it, it works better for the, the spirit of, of, the, of, the, of these movies in particular. 
Yeah, definitely. And speaking of spirit of these movies, these this movie and Battle for Endor, like they basically feel like Labyrinth. Yeah, David yeah, yeah. Bowie, Jim Henson yeah. film Labyrinth, and that is because George Lucas was a producer. He produced it, yeah. On that film, um, that was, however, he had to actually like take up a, a plane to uh, produce that because it was it was filmed in England, I think, at the Shepperton mm-hmm. uh, Studios. Okay. I, I might be wrong on that, but I know it is it is filmed in the UK. Um, but yeah, it's it has very similar vibes in terms of puppetry and and everything we've described so far, um, and I think it is. After these films, he does that. Here's that uh, renowned research that we're known for, <laughs> folks. Here, but yeah, it, I'm I'm pretty sure it was. I want to say like late '80s or even early '90s. Um, Labyrinth is uh, 1986, actually. So mm-hmm. he does it right after this. He goes from Return of the Jedi to Caravan of Courage to Battle for Endor to Labyrinth. Yeah. Quite the continuity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, after they after they pick up their two additional party members, they it, it gets kind of this was kind of interesting. They they change they go to like the desert or like, like they go they go from the forest to plains to desert or like, or like badlands kind of area. Um, and it it I'm sure I could think of another example, but it, I can't, no other Star Wars planet is coming to mind that has a has like a a varied biome like that like all the planets infamously in star wars are are single biome planets like tatooine's just a desert hoth is just a ton hoth is just like frozen um and 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 or people previously thought was just forest um and and again in, in the spirit of star wars like it doesn't matter that planets are single biomes because they're yeah they're planets but like it just means you're going to, to a new place you don't have to like overanalyze it but it was cool to see Endor have like a varied climate in different types of terrain. Yeah, so in the Badlands, this is where we uh, find the Gorax Lair. It's in a mountain, and um, they have to sneak in somehow. Um, they're not just gonna knock on the front door, and it's yeah, pretty it's like, high up anyway. So it's like they smog. Yeah, exactly. It really is um, uh, smog. Um, so the the priestess uh, starts motioning to to Mace. Um, about his rock, and uh, <laughs> you know he's like, "Oh, I wish I had that stupid rock. I threw it away. It doesn't matter anyway." Yeah. But you know, as we said, Wicket picked it up, and um, she tells him to like smash it. So she he smashes the rock, and um, it has uh, what at first I thought was like the black pill. Ah. <laughs> like, I thought it's like okay, now he he can like go kill the Gorax because he's just gonna be unencumbered by social mores and <laughs> ethics. He could just fucking murk him with his with his blaster. Um, but it's actually like kind of an arrowhead, and it just like you put it in the sand, and it points in the direction of like a secret entrance entrance basically. Yeah, and the secret entrance lies behind a big boulder, and they can't move it, and. Uh, this part, this is the only part of the movie I remembered before we watched it the other day, because it, because it, <laughs> I was, I was a pedantically minded nerd as a kid, and it broke continuity for me because Mace pulls out his blaster and he's like, "Come on, come on, work, just work, just a little bit," and he goes to shoot the bl- the boulder, um, but when he shoots it, instead of being like a standard like Star Wars blaster where the 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 blast comes out like a bullet. It's like a, it's like a real life laser, so it's like it's like a continuous beam of laser energy from his gun to the bolt to the boulder, and it melts it. 
And that always pissed me the hell off as a kid because, like, <laughs> blast, blasters aren't lasers. They're, like, they shoot plasma energy bolts. And, like, why, why does this kid have a special gun that can do both? That was fucking dumb. Yeah, so then they're in, like, the secret passage to the Gorax lair. And um, they have to split up because uh, Sindel, Wicket, you know, they're, they're still kids. They can't fight a Gorax or whatever lies uh, in front of them. Uh, so they're they're left behind with uh, I don't know one of the one of the nameless faceless Ewoks Ewok B Ewok B, um, although he does have like one of the headdresses he has the blue headdress on. Well, the unnamed Ewoks. It's the the whole party is Wicket's father, Wicket's two older brothers, Wicket, um, the Chad lumberjack, um, the the priestess, and then the Tawani kids. Yeah, right. So um, everybody else goes to uh, fight the Gorax. And they actually have another very, like, Hobbit Lord of the Rings-inspired scene where they fight a giant spider. (laughs) Technically, they're not spiders because they only have six legs, but... um, That's true. A space alien that is reminiscent of the spider of uh, our biome. That's true, yes. Yeah, and it's kind of cool. Like, there's, like, a big chasm, um, and the, the chasm is bridged by... By like this webbing, and they they cross they cross on the webbing, and it's really tricky, and they have to fight the spiders as they try to cross. Um, and the priestess uses a spell to like make the spider possess the spider for a little bit. It's kind of cool. So yeah, then they get into the Gorax's lair, and it's um you know it's very much like a kind of a Jack and the Beanstalk type deal. Like you know, there's this giant; they have to get something and mm-hmm. not alert him. And I was thinking Odysseus as well, like because. The 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 uh, the Cyclops um, Polyphemus like eats people and that's what the Gorax wants to do, right? Yeah, so um, they have to break uh, the twenty parents out of a cage that is uh, hanging from the ceiling. Um, one of the Ewoks goes and uh, kind of uh, he runs interference for the Gorax. <laughs> he just runs around. <laughs> he just runs around, and the Gorax somehow doesn't catch him. He hides, <laughs> hides in the basket. Yeah, he hides <laughs> in a basket. And like it's it's very like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, um, and then he's just like w- walking around under this basket. The Gorax like steps on it, and you're like, "Oh no, he killed him!" But he had gotten out of it like yeah. a second before. Don't worry, kids, he's all right. <laughs> I don't. Well, there is a death. Uh, we'll get to that shortly. Mm, I, tragic. I actually thought they might not kill anybody, but there there is one death in this uh, in this film. Um, so yeah, then. Uh, they, this is great as well. While that Ewok is running interference, the other Ewoks get the Gorax's like battle axe, like this two-headed battle axe. Yeah, and they they put it, they pivot it on a a stone, and um, two Ewoks like jump on his table, and then they jump off the table onto the the blade of the battle axe while Mace is standing on the handle of the battle axe, yes. and it catapults him onto uh onto the the cage mm-hmm. where his where his parents are and it's super great it's it's like fairy tale cartoon logic and it it, it just works in the spirit of this um in the, in the cage that the parents are in is made from like bones it's, it's very like it's very yeah. like overwrought but it, it's it's really it's really charming yeah so they they get the parents down and they they lower them down through ropes and the mace comes down through a rope and they they start running away and of course, the Gorax bursts in, and they're and they're all running. They're all they go through a chase scene. Um, the the Chad Ewok he he starts fighting the Gorax kind of. He, he like chops his toes up <laughs> with yeah, his axe, right. and uh, everyone else is running down. And they're they're running down the staircase of the Gorax. But what's really cool is the staircase. Like the stairs are enormous, so like the the height of a stair 
is like taller than the height of an Ewok. So like it, it it's like this long laborious process, and they they had to go up to get to it. And uh, I don't know it. Like it, it, it was like a nice little detail. Like, like again, something else that emphasizes the size of this beast that they have to escape from. Yeah. So, um, the uh, the woodsman is the is the death. The, the woodsman Ewok is the one death of this film. R.I.P. Woodsman Ewok. Um, how does he die? I actually, totally forgot how he dies. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he he's fight he's fighting the Gorax, and then like the little the little uh, light spirit, the little spark spirit, the Wisty that um that that uh mace had found earlier mace has like this little spirit thing that how do they do that was that rotoscoping i think it was rotoscoping yeah she basically like dances on his hand and she kind of does the same motions over and over again it's really cool though but um, it's, yeah, it's, i think it's rotoscoping yeah it's like a tinkerbell thing from peter pan like a, or like a a, a a navi from um from zelda link's navi fairy companion but like the 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 little um the spirit goes up and distracts the Gorax and the Gorax is like getting pissed off and like slams his arms into the walls and then rocks fall and, and hurt the Gorax, but rocks fall and also fatally injure, um, woodsman Ewok. And that, yeah. that, that's how he gets fatally injured. Right. And so, so Mace inadvertently killed the best character. <laughs> <laughs> but then Mace is like, Oh, you're my buddy. You're my buddy. Or and the Ewok's like, no, like an Ewok, he's like, you take my ax or whatever. And he gives, he gives the hatchet to, to Mace. Right, yeah. So this is Mace's like redemptive arc, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gorax is is bested um, in a in a classic Ewok fashion. Um, the Ewoks yes. uh, just trip him with a uh, a piece of rope. Now, although this does take place before episode yes. six, it takes place in between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It 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 is the first prequel. <laughs> Yeah, this is actually yeah, this is the first live action Star Wars prequel. Yes. Um so they they trip um the Gorax using just some some rope basically and they trip him into the chasm that they had crossed earlier. Um But he he doesn't fall down yet cuz he's still holding on. Right. He's still holding on. He's about to like attack Sindel and Wicket. Well, before I'm sorry, before that, uh the priestess makes a slag tight fall on his head. Right, right. He's still holding on. She hits him in the head, and you're like, oh, that's it. He's done. But then he comes and <laughs> climbs back up. He's about to attack Sindel and Wicked, who are on the other side of the chasm. Yes. And then uh, Mace, using the woodsman's axe, uh, you know, throws it into the back of the Gorax, and, and he finally falls to yes. his death. Finally um, defeated. So Mace finally does something right. Um, but he had to use the cool character's axe to do it. Yeah, he basically had to cool, kill the coolest character <laughs> to do something cool to actually be a, a functioning member of the team. But yeah, I mean, like, that, like that's it. That's the movie. They uh, they all go home. They're all hanging out in Wicked's hut, like Wicked's hut, and they're all dancing around. And the father, the human twenty father, talks to Wicked's father. He's like, "You and me are both very lucky fathers." <laughs> he he does like he does like the the racist like white pe- people thing when they talk to somebody they think doesn't understand English very well. He does, and he's using his hands like you, me. Very lucky fathers. And Wicked's father's like, oh, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, even like the the mother has that one terrible line reading. Yeah, even the even the adult actors are bad in this. Yeah, it. Um, she, what, she says like, what, when when they kill the Gorax and everyone's reunited in the Gorax lair, um, the dad's like, let's get out of here. And she's like, that's not the worst idea I ever heard. <laughs> Like like mother like mother and father like daughter and son. 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean that's 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 uh, Caravan of Courage. Yeah, that is Caravan of Courage, uh, Lord of the Rings movie. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of ends really weird too. Like it ends on a still shot on Sindel. Oh yeah, they give her one of the Ewok headdresses. They give her yeah. the white one, and yeah. Uh, yeah, they put it on her head. <laughs> it just ends. It's just a still shot of her. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, as always, we have some workers to highlight here. Um, there are some some interesting <laughs> um, some interesting credits. Uh, Nick had uh, previously mentioned the uh, the hand gliding scene. Um, so there was hand gliding done hang, by. Hang gliding. What? Hang gliding. Oh, shit, that's right. It's hang gliding. Hang, <laughs> hand gliding while you hang. That's using yeah, using your hands to hang while you glide. Yeah, that makes sense. That's actually how I've always pronounced it and thought about it. Nice. Great. <laughs> I am a child, folks. So that so this episode is educational this in that is regard. <laughs> yeah, so hang the hang glider was done by Hang Gliders West. And uh, I guess the guy in the suit is named Jeff Mott. Yeah. Um, or maybe that's a guy who made the hang glider. I have no idea, but that's just that was the credit at the end. Um, we'll assume he was the the Ewok. Yeah. And speaking of didacticism, um, because there are children in this movie, the state of California mm. dictates that you have to teach them while they are uh, filming. So uh, there is something called a teacher welfare worker. So this person is actually, um, we looked this up, provided by the state of California. I'm not sure if that still is on the books, but in the 80s, that's how it worked. Um, You got a, what was called a welfare worker, which was just a teacher um, to tutor the children. And um, that was uh, Ramsey Fifield. And there was also an assistant to the welfare worker. And that was uh, Karen Frerich. Um, we also have, uh, to round out the interesting and unique, uh, <laughs> credits here. We have Ewok choreographer <laughs> and Ewok coordinator. Yep. Uh, Ewok choreographer is Wendy Rogers and Ewok coordinator, uh, Kirk Thatcher. I just imagine this Kirk Thatcher guy just like trying to make the Ewoks stay upright. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When... It's something Wicked does most prominently, but like when he runs around, his arms kind of flail around all over the place, and he kind of like hobbles back back and forth from foot to foot. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know like if they had a you know easier hard time to see out of the masks that that are put on them that the, the mm-hmm. headpieces, but um, their eyes are are haunting. Um, they don't blink, and Nick <laughs> told me that actually one of the. Um, it, Actually, yeah. Tell us what happened. Uh, yes. In... <laughs> so in, in in the Star Wars, in in the original trilogy Blu-ray release, it came out in like 2015 or something. Um, of course, because George Lucas is an endless endlessly tweaks these movies. Um, there were a number of changes made to them. Some of them are really, m- all of them are really dumb, honestly. But like, <laughs> some of them are really baffling. Like like there's this one scene in um, A New Hope where R2D2 is hiding behind some rocks in the original shot. Like in a cave, but in the blue blue Blu-ray release, um, he's hiding behind rocks, but they like CGI'd in more rocks in front of him, because like maybe like they thought he was too obviously seen, <laughs> but like it, it, but the 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 way they put the rocks, like he couldn't have gotten behind them, so like it, it, it's dumb shit like that. But um, one of the most infamous examples is they make the Ewoks blink in Return of the Jedi, like they they um, they add CGI of like the eyes. Close like eyelids closing really quickly. 
Yeah, but they do not do that in the DVD release for Caravan of Courage. So they just have like these basically wooden looking eyes that never blink. And these gleaming buck teeth that yeah. like <laughs> They're kind of, the Ewoks are kinda of creepy. Like they're cute in theory, like teddy bears that will kill you, but like they're I don't know, just the 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 whole affect something something missing there. <laughs> yeah, they're they're cuter when they're not in close up in oh, yeah. this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, so I don't know if they could like see through their their headpieces. So maybe uh mm. these two, Wendy Rogers and Kirk Thatcher just like, oh shit, like Wicked's gonna fall over. He can't see that rock in front of him. <laughs> oh god. Um so yeah, that's uh that's Caravan of Courage. Oh um, actually we have one more and this is just a, a normal uh, somewhat normal credit here. It's for the uh, set construction foreman. Um, there are great sets, yeah. like the Gorax Cave yeah. and the the Ewok Village that is on the ground, uh, and even the other Ewok Village in the sky. They had to build some buildings for that. It, it seemed yeah. like uh, um, the one in the trees. But um, <laughs> what's interesting about this credit is the name of the individual. Uh, his name is William Barr. <laughs> I don't think he's the attorney general. Making currently. this episode political again, <laughs> Bill Barr. Fucking Bill Barr. Um, Caravan of Cards is canceled. Redacted um, stuff, as people, I don't know, would want us to joke about. I guess. Oh, I guess another shout out is um, involved in the production of this thing was Joe Johnston. Oh yeah, yeah he the he was his uh, production designer. Yeah, and he he had first cut his teeth on doing um, production design for the original Star Wars trilogy. And, and some other stuff. He, he was like a second unit director for one of them, I think. Yeah, I or think some, that's right. Some shit like that. Yeah. But then he he he's done like a lot of like kind of classic, more more Americana, like the Rocketeer kind of thing, um, like old school American American adventure story, two fisted things. But like th- there was kind of that that sensibility of like flights of what the the wonder of adventure, kind of like that he that that's very much his his thing. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, um, most people would know him for being the director of um, of Jurassic Park three, I think. Yeah, and unfortunately, then of course, <laughs> and then Captain Ca- America, America the, yeah. the, the first one. Yeah. So yeah, folks, uh, the Ewoks are um, are uncancelled. The Ewoks have come back from the Star Wars grave. Anyone who speaks ill of Ewoks in the future, I will I will shut them down. Um, any any Star Wars fan who doesn't appreciate Ewoks, I will I will debate them. <laughs> debate me <laughs> debate me all you anti-Ewok people this this shit's great Ewoks are great changed my mind yes thanks folks we'll see you next time alright see you next time folks Stand up.